everybody. This is Havila, and this is the Havila Podcast. And today we are jumping into our second episode of Created to Hear God. And we're talking about the hearer of the prophetic personality. So my suggestion is you put your walking shoes on, grab your cup of coffee, put those earbuds in, because we are going to start a conversation with a hearer, somebody in my world that operates as a hearer and hopefully explore this new idea. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, you just jumped in and you're like, what are we talking about? The whole month of January is about discovering how we're created to hear God. And we're unpacking the four unique and proven ways to confidently discern his voice in your life. Remember, it's not to hear God so we can tell the world about God. It's initially to hear God for connection, for intimacy, to know that we are known by our creator and we can communicate with our creator. So the prophetic personalities come from a place of a love language with God. And then afterwards, it comes into our everyday life where we interact with others and we give what God is thinking, feeling, um, seeing, and even what we know God wants to say, we get to operate with him. So I'm really excited about this whole series. I hope that you've enjoyed the book. Again, this is my brand new book called Created to Hear God. It's out now and it's on Audible, which I don't know about you, but that was a big win for me. I love to listen to books on um, tape, tape. Oh my gosh. How old am I on audible on audio? You know, all the things. Wow. Books on tape. Have a, um, but yeah. So if you like that, you can go to your audible account or download that version as well. So I don't want to delay any longer. We're going to talk about the here. Now, last week I had my husband Ben on and we talked about what it's like to be a feeler. Ben is a feeler and it is really an amazing experience. I think as a man, as well as a mature um, Christian to talk about what it looks like to be a feeler. So if that's you and you're like, I think I might be a feeler. I don't know. It's where God encounters you through emotion, senses, uh, burdens, um, just a physical experience that God will often encounter us with. But today we're talking about the ears, those that hear God through words, phrases, conversations, narratives. Um, just kind of a play-by-play in the spirit with God. And so I actually am really excited about my guest because um, her name is Paula. And Paula joined our team almost two years ago, but officially like on staff this last year. And I am a Paula fan. Paula, um, I'm not going to tell your whole story, but she works with us. She is an administrative genius. But more importantly, she hears God, she loves God, she's made hard decisions along the way to do what God's asked her to, and I can't think of a better representation of a hearer than Paula. So Paula, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Havala. So good to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. And it's really cool. I, you know, we could have picked these people that were out there, but I wanted people in my inner world because that's how we operate. We operate by hearing God, experiencing God. And so you are here, but let's, let's jump back a little bit to how did you begin to hear God? Or did you think you could hear God? Let's go to the beginning of the story. Okay, beginning of the story is I came to know the Lord in my 20s, and the first time I experienced prophetic, I was deeply in awe that God speaks and had a hunger of like, oh, like if I could only hear him. But I did have this like, oh, but all of these great prophets and and preachers and all of that hear them so well. And I even convinced myself that I was spiritually dumb. 
I really yeah. felt like, you know, I'm just deficient. I, I can't hear, you know, I don't have this ability. And it was an ache, like a complete ache in my heart. So it was a journey of um, just starting out. Journaling was huge for me in this. And, um, and even the Lord using words in the beginning where he would give me a word that I didn't know. Yeah. And it was usually a catalyst to be like, that didn't come for me, for me to start to separate my voice. I just lumped everything together. Even mm-hmm. though I was hearing, I didn't know I was hearing. So I just thought everything was me. Yes, absolutely. And I think for hearers, we often feel that way, like, oh, and even any, anyway, for all the prophetic personalities. And I, and I say prophetic personality, meaning prophetic is how God speaks to you and personality is how you speak to the world. But for most of us, we kind of assume that everyone's experiencing what we're experiencing and we've never identified that that's God. Just like a love language, we just assume everybody wants affirmation or everybody wants touch, but it's not necessarily true. Um, we want a measure of it, but it's not the leading and primary way we experience. So you start to have this ache. And I, I hope everyone that's listening to this, Paul and I are, we are so on this journey with you in the sense that we just had this pain of, wow, everyone's doing this. And I don't know if I can do this, but this elevated place of like, oh, they can hear God. That's a big deal. So I'm curious, did you, were you taught to hear God growing up? Were you taught to hear God in your environments? I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So that wasn't, wasn't part of the mix. And then I felt like after coming to the Lord in my twenties, it was in the environment, but not being taught. So it was just the people randomly that would go up on stage and have a prophetic word. And I would just be in awe or maybe a prayer line and someone would operate in it, but, yep. but not a teaching on how to do it. And um, so I think it wasn't until a little bit later, a few years in, I started to be exposed to some teaching and training. Yeah. And that opened up like, oh my gosh, I am hearing him. And and here's some of the information and steps to start to cultivate. Yeah, yeah that, how to hear him. Mm-hmm. What was your assumption? Like, was it a unique personality that you saw hearing God? Or did it, what were some of the assumptions that you had that you had to have in order to hear God? Well, I thought it was going, God was going to sound different, like uniquely different, like audible or booming or Paula, this is God, you know, that kind of (laughs) thing. And just learning, you know, that, that how to discern his voice from my voice and really just growing in that and, um, and the intimacy and growing in that and being able to recognize him more and more as, as I just... Yeah, ventured into that. Did you, I mean, how did you know that it was his voice? Meaning you started to experience it and then you started to hunger for it and, and you're started to write. Was that initially your? Yes. Okay. That was your gateway. Journaling was, <laughs> was the big gateway and, and it, you know, it started to grow where I was like, oh, that didn't come from me. Oh, that's interesting. And then he would confirm what I was writing. And so journaling was a big part of, of the, the words and, and writing them down, even, um, giving prophetic words in the early days, I actually would write them. It was, I I had like, it just was more of a comfortability of like hearing, writing, and then sharing that. And, you know, then growing. That's a really cool point. I haven't thought about that, but there are those that do write them. I know even my sister's a dreamer and she would write her dreams out before she ever shared them. And there was something about practicing what you're hearing, putting it on paper without it being, having to articulate it 
and then being able to actually go back and verify, was that God? Did he really say that? So do you, I mean, as you started to hear God's voice and you started to get it confirmed, did you start to, like, how did you start to grow in that? Because you're, you're going, okay, that's God. Was there a certain point in your life where you went, okay, I know that's God now, or did it just slowly happen? I feel like it slowly happened, but I do feel like it was a partnership with the Lord because I think a lot of it required faith to me to trust that I, that I, you know, I am hearing him and then step out and do things or share things with people and it would be confirmed. And so that just started to really cement, you know, just my faith that I'm hearing him and my confidence in that. And then just continuing to just ask him more questions and spend more time, you know, in that place of, of practicing. I Gosh, mean, that I love really that. is part of it, which, which I, I think that was learning that too. It's just not an automatic download where all of a sudden you just know how to do everything and hear everything. And, and, and sometimes when that wasn't taught in the early days, I just thought, well, obviously I don't hear because I don't have these big downloads that, you know, that are from the Lord. Yeah, I totally identify. And I think that part, like you said, a step of faith, I, I love that. I have not, I wish I would have thought of that sooner because it really is a little bit of stepping out of the boat of taking it and saying, I think this is God and then writing it down and then the courage to share it and then the courage to maybe not know what it meant, but put it away and not just say, oh, I don't hear God, but actually just, you know, so were you, have you always been a journaler or did you, how did that start? Did it start by writing down things literally because you had a word? Yes. And and it was this deep desire to, to know his voice and to grow in his voice. And so that was the start of that. So yes. That's amazing. Do you now having, I mean, how, how long do you think that you've been in this place where you know it's God as a hearer? Has that been years? Yeah, it's probably, I mean, it's been over a decade. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm curious do you live in a play-by-play with God? Do you feel like he, you can get up in the morning and hear something and then go somewhere else? Or is there certain seasons? How does that work in your life? Yeah, I do feel like it's just part of my regular day in relationship with him. I feel like he's been so kind along the way in the earlier days. Like he would wake me up a lot and speak to me because then I really knew it wasn't me because I would be in this not totally awake state and it'd be really clear and stuff. So he's done things that um, I just feel like he'll do for all of us when we're on this journey just to, to make it easier and confirm and just continue to grow us in that. But I do, I do feel like it's, um, I mean, it's not the same every day as far as the amount that I'm hearing or whatever, but I do feel like it's just a back and forth relationship and in, in hearing him. And yeah. I love that. It's yeah. a language. It's a language. It's a language. I, I think that, that is fantastic. So was there a point in your life when you heard something and you stepped out and and how did God either, did it fall apart or did it fall together? <laughs> <laughs> um, I can think of one really significant time um, where I was sick for a long time and um, having a big surgery that was super risky. And I just felt this burden to pray and ask the Lord. I didn't have peace about the surgery. And I was really thankful for the medical staff keeping me alive up until that point. Mm. But God was super clear and spoke Exodus 15 right away. And I went there and the scripture was highlighted with, um, I'm the Lord, your healer or physician. Mm -hmm. And then he just started to speak to me really clearly. Like at this point, he was going to step in as the physician. And I wound up canceling this really 
major risky surgery, but I feel like that was a key point of hearing him to know what to do. So I just kind of paid attention to, Ooh, I'm not feeling peace. Let me press into what are you saying? And, um, so it was, I feel like that could have been a life or death situation. Who knows? But it was, it was really significant. Yeah. I have to go back cause that is wild. So you are at death's door. Your body is not good. You have to have the surgery at that point. Had you practiced hearing his voice or was it this thing of, you know, someone said it last night and I loved it at our court at our created to hear God night. But she said, I tend to hear God the most when I'm in, when I'm suffering, And I was like, it's so true. Like there's something about hearing and tuning into his voice that we get really clear when it's just high stakes. And so I'm curious, was it a high stakes moment for you? And how did you know? I mean, that's what I think my listeners and that's what I would want to know is how did you know? Yeah. And this was earlier where I wouldn't say that I felt confident or was, you know, knowing I was a hearer or things like that. I mean, I had a close relationship with the Lord, but like this was... 20 years ago or yeah. something like that. Um, how did I know? I just feel like out of this place of, of desperation and just calling on him from the depths of my heart and here, I do feel like I heard him really clearly where it just felt undeniable. And not only like, did he bring me to that scripture, but then it was like this flood of things that he was saying with it that was I just knew wasn't for me the things it wasn't my words or my description or my language so it just gave that confirmation of this isn't this isn't me grasping for something like he's speaking and now I have a choice to to take that risk or whatever you think it's interesting that he brought you to the word he gave you a word brought you to the word it was a confirmation in the word and again you know you and I both were advocates for obviously if you need medical help, get medical help. Like, you know, you have to say these things on because you people can be wild. But I do think that, um, that wasn't your history. Your history was not to be reckless. Your history was not to go against counsel. That was almost opposite of how even your nature, I can, I know you. So I know that you're more of a peacekeeper in every way. So to step out and do something was probably pretty opposite of your personality. Hundred <laughs> percent, and and the main doctor, the surgeon that I had had for six months, like kept me on the phone after that for forty five minutes. I called him the next day, and I'm like, I have to cancel the surgery, and he pleaded with me for forty five minutes on how with what I had, you know, I would yeah. die. The risk factors, he had to drop me as a patient, but that's the difference of when you hear the voice of God, yeah, or however He speaks yeah. to you, and you know that it's Him, then then you have like all of the courage to to do whatever it is that he's saying to do because it's not you. So, so tell us how it, how did it finish? How did you, I mean, you're obviously here, <laughs> but how did you, how did you not have to have the surgery? Um, God actually took care of like huge grape size, uh, cysts that I had that were just filled with, with, um, fluid that if it would have burst, I would have died. And my pancreas had abscessed, all of these different things were malfunctioning. And I mean, within a short amount of time, he instructed me like, do this. Okay. You can eat. I hadn't yet been on like feeding tubes and all this. It just really was a walk with him interest and learning to hear his voice. This was probably the first significant experience that I had of wow, God really cares when I cry out. He, he wants to speak to me and he wants to give me answers. And that's just not me. That's everybody. Um, but yeah. it did build, it built 
my faith in hearing him and it built my confidence in him. You know, when he speaks something, he's going to not leave me in it. He's going to continue it. And so I just walked out. Some of the healing was immediate and some of it was a process, which, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. would have been nice if it was all immediate. I would have just <laughs> been like, yay, let me just go tell my testimony everywhere. Um, and, but some of it required just walking it out and some more faith in that. But I love how you, it was a present leading. So you had this word, but then that wasn't like high five, got him out. But then, okay, now it's about my diet and now it's about my health. And now it's about the relationship. It's like you had to really stay led by his voice. It wasn't just a delivery. It was a relationship. I love that. Now, one thing you said that I just, I, I wanted to hit on was that idea of when you woke up in the morning before you could process life and do all the things you would hear something clearly like that is that's gold and I would say very similar in my life I mean even if I'm stuck on something or I have a message that I'm writing I usually get a sense now I'm a knower so I usually know okay that's the ticket or that's the secret or that's what I needed but I love that I think that that's a huge um like key to what, how to hear God is to stop trying so hard and to just be in that place. So I love that. And so you would, when you would hear that, would you get up and write it down or how did you know? Yes. And I felt like that was the part of stewarding it and sometimes learning. I don't necessarily have to share that right away because I'd be, you'd hear him and you'd get all excited. I'm <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I, he said this or whatever. So, I mean, sometimes it's to share. Sometimes it's just to steward it, write it down. And uh, a lot of times pray about what he said because he'll give me a phrase or a word, but it's not the end of it. He's just starting the conversation that I go, okay you said this, what, you know, what, what does that mean? How, how am I supposed to apply this or whatever? So. Wait, that's really good. So in stewarding being a hearer, you just had some really, really key things, which is the writing it down. Maybe I don't share it quite yet. Trying to see if God adds to it. I love that. How do you know when it's time to share something versus not? How do you know if the word is done or if if the meal's cooked or if you need to still let it cook some more? I feel like I'm still developing that. <laughs> um, and uh, a lot of it, I think, is just a sense of knowing, like, and, and yeah, feeling the release from him. If it's something to share, or, you know, we've done everything there that needs to be done. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's part of just that relationship. I love that. How do you know if it's for you or for somebody else? Did you get a I sense? Feel like, I feel like he'll usually tell me yeah. if it's for somebody else and he'll give me the name or just something. Yeah. Yeah, He's usually specific on that. I love that. So can I ask you what's hard about being here? Maybe, um, like you've taught about not always having the big picture and getting stuck in the details of like, this is what I heard. And like, you know, just getting really myopic on that word I heard or Mm -hmm. that thing that he said and not, yeah, not getting a bigger vision for what he's saying and knowing how to yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it probably feels like, oh, that's, it's a yes or no. And you get the yes, but it's yes. And there's something more to it. Yeah. I, and I, I definitely, my years in my life, I have definitely faced that sometimes where I think, I don't know if that's everything I can, I, I believe that that's what was said, but it does feel like there's more to the story. If you'll just wait for a minute, there'll be more, there'll be more clarity. Um, do you tend to have conversations with God? Yeah. Yeah. Which I know is you're like, of course, but again, you know, as a knower, I don't. So I'm curious about that. You have those kind of 
dialogue? Is there a personality in there with him? Is there a humor? I mean, I'm just curious for those that are listening as a hearer, you know, we just assume um, you must have this audible voice or you must have this clear stream, uh, you know, this, this, you know, what does it look like to be here on a day-to-day basis? Are you, you know, is it conversational? I'm curious what it's like for you. I mean, I, I think it, it varies a lot. Um, a lot of times it is conversational, but I had to learn, this was something I was taught several years ago about drive-by thoughts. I think that's what they called them. And you'll have a thought or a word or something, and it can actually just be something that if you don't catch it, it just goes by. And just like learning a lot of times that word or that thought, I need to stop and like take note of it because it's really attached to more of what he wants to say, whether that's for me or for somebody else. And so just it, just kind of um, focusing more on, because I feel like like I've missed a lot of opportunities with him, not in a, this isn't in a shameful regret right, way, right. but just by, you know, me being kind of scattered and not focused and not grabbing a hold of things and realizing, oh, I think God wants to say something and, and stuff. So it's not like I always know when, you know, he's he's speaking to me or what he wants to say. But if I'm tuning in, then I'm able to pick up and, and start the conversation or continue the conversation, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally does. And I love it. I think when I started hearing God's voice um, and I started knowing that it was him, it felt like what people were saying God was saying was super obvious. It would be this kind of sense of like, well, of course he's saying that. And of course, and I remember telling my dad, who was very prophetic, you know, dad, you prophesy, but it just feels so obvious. Like that just obvious everybody knows that about that person. And I remember him looking at Deborah and I, my sister and I going, that's prophecy. You are, you are seeing into what's happening. You're actually, the world room does not know that. And so I think for some people, we just assume it's obvious. So we miss things because we go, well, of course, everybody knows God loves them. Of course, we're supposed to do that or not do that. But it's the stewardship that it's almost like a seed that if you will take that one word and go, I hear it, I see it, I feel that, I know that, and just sit with it for a minute, there are opportunities to let that thing grow. And I think they are, I like the drive-by. I almost think they're like windows that fly by us that we can either like jump through, like there are opportunities Mm -hmm. that I can be ministering and praying over somebody or, you know, asking God about something. And there's like an invitation. You feel it. It's like you get some clarity praying over somebody and I'll get a sense about it. And my mind goes, you don't have time or let's keep going or you don't have anything more than that. But my spirit and faith can say, say it. And if I say it, often there's more waiting for it. I just have to do the first step, which is to say it and to take the risk. And then the awkwardness of, I said it, now what? And sometimes it's, that's it. And then other times it's, oh, there's more. It's like an airplane. It's landing again. And I'm, so I really love that. I, I think we had this, at least for me, I had this idea that it was going to have this, like when the word of the Lord would come, it would come in full paragraphs. It would be a full thing. And it's so much about a word or a sense or a knowing or a seeing. And you just go, I don't really know, but it's, it's the relational aspect of it. So I really, really love that. And the stewardship. And I think that's the part that we want a, a quick fix. And yet, how do you fix a marriage if you don't want to be in relationship with them? You know, and I think that's the problem. It's like people want to be in relationship with God. It's almost like I want to be married because I need a date and I want to have sex and I'm done. 
but that's not marriage. Marriage is about a full, you know, a relationship that's about the male and the kids and the lock in the door and the things that happen in a relationship. And so hearing God is not so much about sending a text message. It's about sitting and talking and conversing and having that intimacy. So I really love that. And I just think sometimes people, and I don't know if you feel this way, I think we we minimize our value. So we assume, why would I need to spend much time hearing God? I know I'm loved. I'm good. I don't need anything from you. And I think we are praised for being um, low-maintenance kids. Mm-hmm. I do in the church. Don't you? We're praised for being low-maintenance. And so the people that are always trying to hear God, we go, oh, high-maintenance. You know, It's enough. You got the word. But what we don't see is that they're actually highly relational. They're highly, they need to engage. I don't know if you felt that way, but I felt that way. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's at the root of a lot of, um, you know, the depth and the degree that we're hearing. I do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that desire, I think for the right reasons. And, um, I know you and I talked about this a little bit, but you know, being a hearer is, is so interesting. Have you ever been hurt by someone's words from God? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we have a lot of time to talk about it, but I just, I feel like it's really important that we do talk about two sides of the coin because as a hearer, at least for me, I was most hurt when somebody told me something that they knew was going to happen that did not happen. So I'm curious, did you ever have a moment when someone heard God and then it didn't happen? So they, they gave me the, the word that they heard, but then it didn't, then the word didn't come to pass and then being disappointed in that. Yes. I do think that's a pitfall of the prophetic sometimes. And, um, and you mean processing through that pain and then questioning like, God, you know, what, what's truth in this? And what, what do I do with? with this gifting when it doesn't come to pass and, and, yeah, and, and do their have words hurt you? Cause I think that's the, that's one of the key aspects is like yeah. whatever hurts you the most is often connected to the gift that you have. Uh, so I'm curious if somebody ever said the Lord said, or God told me this about you and then it wasn't him. And was that painful? Oh my goodness. Yes. Painful and, and costly. Um, and, um, something that, that I do feel, has um, it, some of the words have taken years to kind of process through that. So I do feel like we, it is such a gift to be able to hear God and to communicate what he's saying, but it does come with a big responsibility in, in, you know, in our sharing. So, because it, it, it does affect our lives. So. It does. Mm-hmm. And I like how you said that it's taken years to process. And for me, it did too. Because someone said, you know, have I, I've been the most blessed by the prophetic and I've been the most hurt by the prophetic. Me too. Yeah. And I don't know any, I mean, if you haven't been, it's almost like love. I've yeah. been the most hurt by love and I've been the most loved by love. It's, it's just, it's all within the relationship of it. Right. Wow. No, I've not thought of it like that, yeah. but I, I couldn't express that better. That's yeah. exactly how I feel. So instead of, I think for many years, and I think a lot of us, we write God off and like, oh, I don't want to even go there anymore, but then we close off a part of our hearts. And I saw that in my own life where the prophetic was closed off because I didn't want to be hurt by it. And yet eventually I realized that was a hurt person. Hurt people hurt people. God doesn't hurt people. And so somebody used 
the, somebody else, you know, God, use God, excuse me, to manipulate, hurt, or even just in ignorance, say something well-meaning, but really painful. So I, I think, I don't know, I think it's very cool to go back and go, what hurt me so much? And is it connected to me experiencing God? I think that is very interesting. Be, like it's like you're telling my story because I did get very hurt in the prophetic as much as I was drawn to it and hearing God's voice and seeing people get so blessed by just hearing what God's saying over their lives and their destiny and things like that. Um, I also got so hurt by it and, and some things that had happened because of prophetic words that there was a season of, of a few years where I just kind of stepped back from all of it. Um, and I don't even feel like I was really, um, I was still close to the Lord, but not really pressing into that place of, of asking him and and hearing things. But it is interesting because he wants to speak to us so much. And, um, and he knows there's a world out there that wants to hear what he's saying. And so I'm just amazed how he restored my heart to the point where, like, I do feel like with hearing his voice and the prophetic and things like that, like, I, I'm, I'm surprised I'm back in a place where mm-hmm. um, everything feels like it's been redeemed. Like, I don't, I don't feel fearful of it. I don't feel crushed by it because I did for a season when those things happen. But I'm excited about it again. I haven't lost faith in, in who he is, in his faithfulness and, and his, you know, uh, faithfulness to to allow us to hear him clearly and for him to be trustworthy and faithful in what he's saying. Um, but just being passionate again about, um, about us being able to be mouthpieces to be able to even share that with other people, because we all need to hear the voice of God. We do. And I'm thinking about a listener out there that has been crushed or her or, they've shut their heart down and they they want to reopen their heart, but it feels scary and vulnerable. So what would you say to somebody out there that's saying, Paula, I'm like you, like I went through something painful through somebody's word and I want to open my heart because I know I look at you and I would never have thought you were closed off to it. I mean, just, you just don't have, you really have restored whatever that pain was. You really have been restored. But what would you say to that person who's in that really vulnerable place? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely would say be kind to yourself and realize that that real pain did and real harm did, you know, come from what was mishandled, either knowingly or unknowingly, with uh, with God's voice in the prophetic. Um, and then, you know, be patient to take a step at a time with the Lord and 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 um, just just ask Him to to help you in the process and let Him walk you down that path of feeling safe again. So you don't have to jump in all the way, you know, and go to the prophetic conference and, you know, I mean, you can, but I'm saying like whatever those things are, um, but just, um, allowing him to walk you through that healing and rebuilding trust in that area. But I encourage you to do it because, oh my gosh, Mm. like I'm, I'm so glad. I do feel like there was a choice in that at one point. Like, I do feel like I could have just been like, well, I love you and I'm, you Mm -hmm. know, serving at the church and like, I'm good. I I felt like there was a choice of like, I can do these other things, um, for you, with you, God and for people and love and do all of that. Um, so I, I could have stayed there, Mm -hmm. you know, in that season coming out of the hurt. And there was a choice of, 
okay, but I was, I was made for this. I was mm-hmm. made to hear God. I was created to hear God. And I, I feel like it was a choice of like, okay, I'm going to let you into this place again wow. and trust, you know, you. Yeah. Because the trust isn't in man. The trust is in him. And he's the one that will restore all things, wow. that included. Wow, Paula, that is the perfect ending to our conversation because I hope, and if you are somebody who is in that season, go back two minutes and listen to that again because I think that is the heart of God. It is the heart of God and you are going to miss out. You're going to miss out on the love you deserve, the love that he has for you and really the interaction. So I love that. Paula, thanks for being on the podcast today. This has been so fun. I like get, I love you and I see this evident in your life and hearing God's voice. You are a woman of faith. You are very courageous. I can see you've jumped back in and there, there are more stories to tell in the future as we have conversations around this. But if you're here, we're so glad you're here. <laughs> we're here, glad that you're hearing words, phrases, conversations. We're so excited about your life. And next week, we're going to jump into another one of the four prophetic personalities. We're so glad you're here today. And if nothing else, if we don't see you during the week, we'll see you next time. Bye.